Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new fresh out of the box episode of Is It Just Me? The podcast where we take all the stupidest topics we can think of and make them sound really like something we should be talking about. And I think we should be talking about them, don't you James? Yes, absolutely Joe Elvin. Yeah. Hello. Hi, I'm Joe Elvin, one of your hosts. And I'm James Williams, the other one. Looking very spiffing in tomato red today. Thank you very much. Yeah. You're looking resplendent in green. Yeah, I like green. Um, first of all, sorry we weren't with you last week, people. We had a sort of a surprise break. We couldn't be asked. <laughs> Yeah, we had somebody basically cancelled on us at the last minute. Not today's lovely guests, I should add. We yeah, not mentioning any names. Not mentioning it any happens, names. right? We'll shame them so when many... they reschedule in a few weeks' time. But when your guests are so fabulous and important and A-list, it's going to happen every for. now and again. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So today we're going to be talking about all sorts of things like our dog voices, um, whether we are the worst person alive or if we still carry cash. And we're going to be doing that with probably one of my favourite people on earth. It's the fabulous talented journalist writer author broadcaster radio dj all-round lovable idiot it's emily dean well, hey. i love that intro Thanks. and can you also add and turn her up at her <laughs> yeah. okay exactly yeah. you showed and up very prompt today emily i was early you i'm were. never early you know you, do I you know. know this about me Jay? yes so i do does. I turn... and, she, and she's bought me flowers oh my god yeah i know but i do you know why i bought the flowers because i was walking to your office and i just had sunglasses on spring was in the air and I suddenly wanted to feel like a woman in a rom-com. Yeah. And I thought... <laughs> oh, so it wasn't about me at all. No, it wasn't. Yeah. I like the idea of yeah. carrying flowers with me to take to my friend like, who works She on must the- be somebody special. Some <laughs> man's run up to her and bought her some flowers. Yeah. I know. I think you're a suck-up, personally. You're making me look bad. You turn up early and you bring gifts well, and now does, I look terrible. The letter does say, dear bum face. That's what the card says. Yeah. I love the idea. I like the idea of doing that because it slightly <laughs> ruined the whole gesture. It undermined it all. I yeah. love bum face. I called my daughter that on text this morning oh. I, I thought you meant yeah. that was her birth name <laughs> I actually called my daughter Bumface well we don't like to talk about it yeah. it was frowned upon by Westminster Council but we made an appeal and it's and it's her, it's her middle name it's no yeah. trademark yeah. as well <laughs> it's going to be her money maker in, yeah. in years to come and I'm going to get it tattooed on her face when she comes of age <laughs> just so she never forgets 
Um, no, I can't lie. I was very excited about this one, Emily, because it's always nice when you actually do a show with, with a genuine friend. Yeah. Aww. Although it's been far too long since I've seen you. I know, but we haven't brought our dogs in because the three of us have got dogs. We have. I was worried it would just be absolute carnage. We'd never get the show out the door if we actually brought all the dogs together. How fun would it have been? It would have been great. Bella, as much as I adore her and she's the best dog on earth, is absolutely vile with other dogs. So <laughs> well, I've seen this firsthand. Did you hear? Yeah. So we should say yeah. Joe's dog Bella, who is what type of dog is Bella? She's again? a Jack shit, a Jack Russell <laughs> Shih Tzu. Yeah, Mine's no word just of a Plain lie. shit. Yeah, plain yeah. Shih Tzu. And we introduced. You said it. Is he a full Shih Tzu? He's the full Shih Tzu. Really? Well, I people often say to me normally quite judgy pensioners say are you sure he's full shit too he's a bit pekingese i love those judgy pensioners that you only discover when you get a dog i mean think that's, maybe that could be our new business like genealogy kits for dogs yeah. Just like you can just start Joe. sort of like, you know, getting really, really arsy yeah. about it. Joe, yeah. what if we're the judgy pensioners? Yeah, oh my God, it's coming to us all, isn't it? I can't wait it? to be a judgy pensioner. I can't wait That's what we to all be that to person be. Who's, who just sort of, you know, belts to the top of the Tesco yeah. queue and without gives, so much an apology yeah. or a thank you. That pension yeah. gives no shih tzus, yeah. basically. Yeah. Oh. Takes no prisoners, gives no shit. You can be as rude as applause. you like. A judgy yeah. pensioner came up to me when I was walking with Ray in the park the other day, in fact, and she said, why, why are you carrying a coffee? In my day, we sat down with a china cup and we drank at a table. And I thought, yeah, she's right, actually. I lo- I'm not going to, the judgy pensioner had a point. So they're now my sort of mentor figures as well. So, you know, so now you, you've actually walked in here with a coffee cup today. You sort of like, is that like a mark of shame now? Are you carrying the coffee guilt? It's true. But I want to say, Joe, when our dogs met, do you think they got on? As much as my dog gets on with other dogs in that she was uninterested. And that is, that's as good as it gets, to be honest. But it was brilliant because I was saying earlier, there was, we'd had pizza, right? Yeah. And I'd just put a bit of crust of pizza on the floor in case one of the dogs wanted it in the kitchen. Yeah. And neither of them were interested at all. And then Ray started sniffing the pizza crust and suddenly Bella really, really gave a shit about that pizza crust like it was nothing on it. And she was like <laughs> screaming <laughs> at Ray and then guarded the pizza until Ray left. She did. She t- she treated that pizza like it was the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. It was giving me she, back was, that she was Gollum. <laughs> Gollum with the precious. Yeah, yeah. she was. Mm. I will have that pizza. But then yeah. she didn't. She didn't eat it. That was, yeah. But I think the meeting went okay. Yeah. I mean, I think, would they get a second date? I like to think I so. I think so. I think, I think that, you know, relations will have thawed. It would be like, you know, it's, I don't know, like Donald Tusk and <laughs> Theresa May sharing a chaste sort of air kiss. But it might get better from there. I hope so. Yeah. I think they have to get on. We'll drag your dog into it. Well, it's a terrible pressure though, isn't it? When you, you want your dogs to get on. It's the same thing about, you know, when your friend's children don't get on. That's very awkward. Oh, yeah. Well, I forgot to have children. <laughs> so I don't know. But I can imagine that is tough. Because, no, you know what it is, guys? It's when someone says you will love X, yeah. Y, Z. Yeah. And then you meet X, Y, Z and you think, oh, no. They repel like yeah. magnets. Yeah. That's, that's I don't like worst. that person. Yeah. But we need to discuss um, other matters first. Yes, um, more important. Congratulations on the release of your book, which seems to have been a storming success. It's called Everybody Died, So I Got a Dog. And it's you wouldn't think that it was as life-affirming and uplifting as it is. But it is. But it was a very, very difficult one for me to read because yeah. I know. Really? Well, because... 
I love you and it's your story and it's very, very painful. Do you want to give us, for those who don't know it, I'm sure everybody does, but just in case, a pricey. Yeah, well, it was essentially what happened to me in the sort of, you know, recent past, which was I lost my sister and my parents in a three-year period, which I compared to the sort of Game of Thrones, you know, Red Wedding. And it was just the speed, because it's obviously something that we all have to deal with at some stage in our life. We all experience loss of, of some sort. But I think what happens, which I didn't realise at the time, is that it's when you have multiple losses like that all at once, you don't get a chance to grieve for each person, you know? Yeah. So it becomes like whack-a-mole at the fairground. You're trying to get rid of all these emotions and you're like, oh, I, c- I can't cope with it all. So that results in quite a complicated grief, I think. So it's, it, was, it was sort of a challenging time, but as a result of that, I did end up making some changes to my life. And one of them, oh, it sounds like you're talking about the menopause when you say that, but one of them was getting a dog. And I'd wanted a dog my whole life. We'd never been what I called a dog family which I describe in the book, which is this the idea of a dog family, because I'm interested if either of you came from those families, but my idea of a dog family, guys, is the Labrador, the estate car in the drive, you know, it's um, the weekly shop. It's a sort of normal, stable family, and we weren't that. We were weird bohemians. So were you dog family? I came from a family where if my mother could have gotten away with sticking kids in the kennels and the multiple dogs in the bedrooms in the house that shit would have been flying um yeah the dogs were king there was always i don't i never knew in my family i was a baby when they had three cats and two dogs right. and we always they've always got at the moment they've got land my parents have got i think they've got eight dogs and my mother is the head of the local animal welfare league chapter wow. where she's forever fostering kittens so the house is always overrun with kittens that's not to mention the horses, the couple of chickens. I think they've got a goat. Oh, so you've got a whole super vet thing going on. Uh, <laughs> it's a whole, sometimes the vet comes around and there's a poo in the fridge in a jar <laughs> waiting for the vet to examine it. I've told everyone now. I've put it on the podcast. It's true. I know. <clears throat> You're going to yeah. be in trouble again. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. I- I'm not, we weren't really one of, we had one episode with a dog and it went very badly wrong. A terrible, but I think he actually was a puppy farm dog and this dog had very bad behavioural issues and yeah, it did not end well. We basically ended up having to get rid of it because it just was a disaster. In what way did it not behave? It was just a bit psychotic to be honest. (laughs) It didn't like anyone, it bit everyone. It was just, yeah, not great. It's like a bad boyfriend. Yeah, the worst. My grandmother had one of those dogs and she just kept that dog and and, you know, I was just (laughs) never allowed to be alone with that dog. But there was ever no any suggestion ever that that dog would be sort of like taken elsewhere. You would have gone before the dog. (laughs) Absolutely. It was like, no, the dog stays. The dog stays, Joe. Sorry. Yeah, I know. The dog was here yeah. first. That's true. But I felt, you see, that was the thing. And I would look at dogs. I had this idea that dogs forced you to stay, at least, because I felt that because we were moving around a lot and my dad left and it was just this sense of everything being peripatetic and sort of unstable, I suppose. So in a childish way, I just thought, well, maybe if we get a dog, they'll these people will stay in one place and stop being weird traveling actors and... I'll get stability and we can have Tupperware. And Tupperware. I really wanted Tupperware. Did See, you? that's a dog family to me, Tupperware. Yeah. Because because we didn't have the breakfast and we had the canapes from the dinner parties for breakfast. I looked at people that had things in their freezer like lasagna. They planned ahead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they paid bills on time. 
Whereas the only way we paid bills was the bailiffs would turn up and we'd have to give them wine. Because <laughs> every bill was settled by a man in a briefcase who ended up leaving drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. But... But the thing about your book as well is, I mean, I think it's, it, you know, I, I, I was going to say this to you earlier, but um, I think obviously for people who have lost people, it's an incredible comfort. But also I think for somebody like me, who actually, I've been very fortunate in the sense that I've not had a huge amount of grief and loss in my life. But it's one of those things that literally keeps me awake at night. It's that thing that when I've had too much to drink on a Saturday mm. night and I wake up on Sunday with the booze blues. It's so, right. you, you, you only go to that dark place and everything's the worst and, and, and you literally, and you start to, to imagine, you know, yes. the, the call or losing somebody. And to be honest, you, you've talked about this as well. We are not very good as a nation about talking about grief and death and mortality. No. And to be honest, as somebody who's not been anywhere near through what you've been through, I've actually found it quite weirdly comforting in the sense of almost addressing what's coming to us all, yeah. you yeah. know? And also, I think, what I wanted to ask you, Emily, is you are probably, probably one of the funniest, most upbeat people I've ever met. And I guess you just think, fucking hell, karma. What is there such a thing? Because to me, of all the people that should have had something like this happen to you, you're literally the furthest away from it all. And what I love is you've managed to turn all of this horrible stuff into a positive. But surely that must have been at some point totally unfathomable. Yeah, you do have that strange thing of thinking, why me? And then I moved into a place of thinking, well, why not me? Yeah. Why not any of us? And like you say, it's one of those strange things where you think, I think of myself as everybody else's Christmas future because this will happen to everybody else. Yeah. But hopefully, you know, look, I hope you get a month off between each one because <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of black outfits to, to choose. I'm sorry. But also, I, no, I genuinely, I think experiencing it in that intense form like that, it also meant that I experienced trauma and it's only through trauma, and I realise this now, that, that change comes about. It's through pain that you learn. Whenever we've had anything, like, you know, we've all had stuff going on in our lives. I'm sure that we've, we've had to go through that's a tough thing. And that's what you have stuff to take away from, you know. So it did become uh, a learning experience, I think. And I definitely feel writing it was hard. And I only mm. realised afterwards, because I'm writing about my sister and my parents. Everyone said, oh, it'll be really cathartic. It'll be great. And it was afterwards I got really depressed for about two months. I didn't leave the house. I thought, what's wrong with me? Why am I feeling like this? And it took me a while to realise that actually the process of writing about, when you write about people who aren't here, you've sort of brought them back. Yeah. So for a year, I was living with them. And it, it was like I had to say goodbye to them again. When mm. I finished the book, it was almost like, oh no, they're, they're not here anymore. I can't inhabit their space anymore but yeah. actually what is lovely because my sister had two kids and has two kids actually I always talk about her in the present tense I try not to you know people say and in fact I'm going to mention this Joe but Joe and I had an incident once when it wasn't that long after my sister had died when someone asked me if I had siblings and in a very nice well-meaning way and Joe was with me and was leaping in like red adair <laughs> being like uh, uh, anyway <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And it was only since that incident, you were very sweet and you saved me and sorted that for me because I felt panicked. No one had ever asked me that before. Yeah. And I thought, well, if I say no, we're in this incredible sort of glamorous setting on a dinner party with champagne, you know, I'm going to dump this tragic story on him. So what do I do? And now I decided, actually, you know what? Every time I say I deny that, I deny my sister's existence and I don't want to do that because I'm so happy that she existed. So now I 
honestly have a thing I say. I say, I did have a sister, but she died and I miss her every day. And then what happens is people have a real conversation with yeah. you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, we've talked but about... I, I suppose <coughs> I, I only vaguely remember... I remember it, but I only vaguely remember leaping in. And I just... Because you and I hadn't talked about it yet that day. And I just thought, I don't know yeah. if if you're ready to do that or not do you know what I mean and I just and he wasn't this guy bless he just wasn't taking the hints he no. Was like, no but really do you why, why you know yeah. it was like he didn't mean anything by it but I was just getting more and more tense yeah <laughs> but, but also, he did the right thing and that's mm. what your friends and people who are sensitive and you know it's like women it sounds like a, a cliche and a generalization apologies if it is but that's what I found was interesting is that I think women tend to be we're conditioned I suppose to sort of save and nurture and help a bit more and that's what i found with my female friends whereas my male friends it was interesting would do very practical solution driven yeah. things yeah. like i'll order you a car i'll order you know and that's just as helpful yeah you know? but women also do put the lasagna in the freezer yeah. and they put the lasagna in yeah. the freezer and in yeah. fact that's true because we yeah. did have a friend actually bring around lasagna yeah. you need it you yeah. need the lasagna you well, need it's, food. It, but grief is the, the one bit of grief in my grandmother which obviously was such a focal point in my life and like i said her dying weirdly was actually in a strange day, it was it was the day I dreaded the really? death of my grandmother because she was almost she was a co-parent almost and so the day she died weirdly it's almost like, okay something really awful has now happened to me and I've got through it I, in a weird way you find I've got the strength to get through this because yeah. up until that point I thought I'm never going to recover it's going to be that moment where literally it fractures my life and I'll never be the same person ever again and weirdly I think you know, it, it, it's, it's, not, it's not good, but it, it's it's really life-affirming to know you can get through that. You can find comfort with other people. But, yes. you know, but at the, at the same time, going back to it, I totally turned into a crazy Nigella Lawson on crack. Uh, my way to get through it was to throw myself into the kitchen and just bake and cook and feed really? yeah. the mourners who were kept us coming. You know, that was my coping mechanism. It's just a... I like that because I think... Is that your Welsh side of your Yeah, family? probably very. Yeah. I think the Welsh are good at death, aren't they? <laughs> I don't know. Well, well, just, I think we're quite good with misery you know, like generally, to be honest. Funerals, I think. Oh, yeah. The, the, I think... Well, we sing, we get drunk. Yeah. It's a very similar thing, I think. But I think what's interesting about that, I think that's true, but that idea of, you know, what good can you take from something like that? And I genuinely believe that, actually, in fact, I was talking to a, a girl I know whose sister died recently and, you know, she got in touch. And it's interesting being you sort of think oh god I suppose I have learned from this and I do know what she's I don't know her particular story but I know what to expect and I think that person never goes like my sister has never gone and when people would say that to me I would think oh that's some stupid bloody Instagram crap that you say to make people feel better oh they will always live on no they don't she's not here I want to call her to ask her advice on my highlights and she's not here and I don't give a shit about her spirit I want to hear her voice but you know what's odd is that well, I think when you go through loss like that, which of what I call an interrupted life, her life was cut short. Yeah. What happens is they don't leave because their loss and that experience, it changes you. So they sort of fold into you. They become part of you something because you're not the same person. Yeah. So that's comforting. And you, and you have the manifestation of her in her children. And yeah. No. Yeah. Who yeah. are so lovely. And they're, it's weird sometimes... Strange things, you know, a friend said, oh my God, she's got the same eyebrows as your sister. And my yeah. sister was obsessed by having good eyebrows because we were once in, um, we were in Barney's, I think, in New York. And one of those sense spread guys said, um, great brows, ma'am. <laughs> oh yeah, that's in the book, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I think I put it in the book. And then he walks off. And what we love, Rachel said, I love that he didn't say you're nice looking or you're... <laughs> 
It was so specific. So when that guy said that, there was something about that continuity. And I told Mimi about Great Brows, Matt. Yeah. And I feel like that's so nice that I can pass on those stories to her. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was telling her yeah. about No Scrubs. Mimi was singing it. And I said, oh, mum and I would like this song. It's by TLC. And, you know, we love the idea of Scrubs. And then I hear her singing it. And I think, no, she's here. She's still yeah. there. Oh. And, oh. Um, well, it is a, it's a great book, you know. And, and I, I think uh, Joe and I agree. It, it, it's a stranger because when you know you so well. Uh, but It took it, me ages it, to yeah. open it. Um, but it's, yeah, a, it's, a, it. it's a brilliant mm. book. And I think it's, some, it's something for everyone, regardless of your experience of these kind of things. I think you will find comfort in it, really. And also, it's hilarious because you are... Like I said, one of the funniest people I know. Well, that's setting her up to fail. For I know. Me. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> to come. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we yeah. Uh, yeah. Are you are you ready to She's be really funny? Everyone. Are you ready, ready to be really really funny, Don't Emily? Say that. Exactly. <laughs> I feel the pressure. No pressure. No. It's topics time. Are you ready? Yeah, we can do it. She's come on, ready. <laughs> Let's go. She was Let's born go. ready. <laughs> so, is it just me, Joe and James, who does a dog voice no. for my dog? Absolutely not. <laughs> Give us a demo, live demo, incoming. Okay, I need to, I need to prep myself. Oh, method, I method is. I don't know if I can do it without her here, but I'll can try. Can you not? Yeah. Oh, I can. Go yeah. on. I'm really embarrassed. <laughs> we I won't look at you, Emmy. Don't worry, no one listens so to this. Confidently, no. yeah. and now I feel yeah. stiff with stress. <laughs> I feel a bit ashamed of my dog voice, but don't look at me. Okay, Both don't look at her. Don't look at me. You good boy, Ray Ray. <laughs> Ray Ray, good boy. You good boy. He's a good boy. You good boy. Nai nai food. You got nai nai food. Yes. Oh my god. Oh my god. It's actually okay. even weird and not looking at you. <laughs> How bad is that? It's quite bad. Oh, it's cute. But it's not as bad as mine. Okay. Can we do? See, have I, you got a dog? For, you better say yes. I no. I, I think we should. Come on, excuse no, me. I, think I do. But Can we no. all do ours because I just feel like I'm, my shame is hanging right, in the no, air. No, see, my thing is what I liked about you. What? <laughs> What I loved about Emily, Emily's voice, it was almost like you'd start. You thought I was a good friend, but I'm actually not. Yeah, it's almost like you'd start speaking Elvish or something. You actually spoke it like an actual language. See, my <laughs> my take on this is that I feel like I have far too many names for my dog. Just do your voice. Well, see, I would go, hey, boo-boo. <laughs> Hello, boo-boo. I love you. I, so I say I love you, boo boo. You sound a bit like Alan Carr. <laughs> no, that's not the first time someone said that to me. He's never spoken to me like that. Um, but I, like you rest. see, my thing is, I, I, it's amazing that Bingley's recall is as good as it is because I have so many nicknames for him. Right. Like literally pet names for him that, and I they think, mix but, it up all the I time. I think they just respond to your voice because she, she so? knows that something happens to my voice because she knows even when I'm just talking about her. Can we do, be- can we hear Bella's talk? Bell, Bell. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> we you are, are the best doggy in the world, Belly Bobs. I'm not taking any shit from you after that <laughs> display, Elvin. That's extraordinary. Oh my god! I should hear my mother. I mean, the the other members of my house have taken to calling me Leonie Elvin after my mum because they it, my mum's dog voices are so annoying. It's like it, it, it's like five o'clock in the morning and she'll get up and start like. <laughs> Like when, when you're there oh. and you just want to kill her. It's so weird though because I do it without realising. But also all the time. And I was at I was doing a radio interview recently. <laughs> I was at Radio Two and I was in the lobby, and I was brushing Ray's coat. Even though it's a radio interview, you still got to maintain the standards. So I was brushing him, and I was saying, "There you go, handsome boy. 
you're a handsome boy. And the security guard walked past. And I just felt so mortified. I mean, firstly, I think he thought, is she hitting on me? <laughs> but it's... Dog's a good decoy for that. Yeah. I oh, no, I, was I wasn't talking to the dog. dog. Yeah, yeah. Um, you absolute wanker. I was talking yeah. to the dog. I mean, th- there's a lot of things going on here, isn't there? Because A... I do properly talk to my dog like he's a person. So I think, A, when people see that, they think, oh, God, you're one of those crazy dog people, first and foremost. Yeah. But also... My, How the point not talk to your dog? I know, but I mean, I actually genuinely like talk to him like it's a constant, like he's answering me back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. chatting to Bella about how nice the blossom trees yeah, were this morning. Exactly. There was nobody else there to remark on it with. But the thing I that I like is, your relationship with Bella. It's a bit zen, sort of... It's, <laughs> I like it. It's a bit karate kid. Yeah. <laughs> I am blossom it's trees. It's my argument. Yeah, <laughs> but I guess my point is like we are very patronising the way we talk to our dogs, and the same way yeah. you just don't talk to kids that way anymore. You're not you know you're not supposed to talk down. You're not supposed to infantilise that the word children yeah. are you? Yes, we're, we're I clearly, suppose so. We're now focusing it all on dogs, poor things. We're talking oh, to but them. It's so fun. It does feel like I've got a baby again. Yeah, it's, is I that mean, what how it sad is? Sad is that to yes. say that, but it's true. But yeah. I also think I think it's that thing where because I suppose kids grow up as well. Which is the problem. Those twats. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really. It's so rude. They start going to festivals and asking you for money. Yeah. Whereas because they're permanently in a, I suppose, a, a dependent childlike state yeah. animals. But equally, it's weird. I don't actually see him. I don't think I see him as a child substitute. I don't know. I'm sure psychologists might, might differ. But I think for me, he just feels like, He's nothing like a child because he's like an Ewok. Yeah. He's yeah. like a Wookiee. He's just a weird creature. But, uh, and was but, that intentional, by the way? Did, was it the Wookiee-ness that called to you particularly? I, I, I can't <laughs> remember. I, I do the Wookiee-ness calling to me. <laughs> <like Chewbacca>. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I think I decided because my family were quite strange and eccentric. I couldn't see myself with a normal dog. But, but see, I'm a massive Star Wars fan, so I adore the fact that you have it. Oh, okay, I have the Star Wars dog. Yeah. But actually, he doesn't bark. Talking of the dog voice, Ray doesn't bark because Bella barks, doesn't oh, she? Yeah. yeah, Bingley barks. Ray doesn't bark, he does the Chewbacca noise. He's silent, he's a mute dog. He occasionally goes, <laughs> Honestly, that's the closest he gets to barking, oh. which I love. But- <laughs> I think we need to be proud of our dog voices, though. And yeah. I won't be shamed by these people. I might that start do them. speaking to all of you like well, that as well. To be honest, I have. <laughs> Oh, no, that's really yeah. creepy. <laughs> Imagine Joe. Me, I like, me, woo, woo. We should say that we're in um, Joe, who's one of the most powerful women in the media. And we're in her very Devil Wears Prada posh sort of end of corner office here, prime London real estate. And I would love the idea of you having a meeting. Power saying, meeting. Now, what are we going to do next issue? <laughs> what are we going to put on cover? Ooh, well, you would like that on the cover, wouldn't you? You would like that. Hello, David Gandhi. You want oh, me on cover? Isn't he pretty? Pretty good boy. boy. Oh, my God. If we haven't, like, horrified enough <laughs> listeners. I mean, literally, is anyone still listening to us out there? No. <laughs> Just the dogs. Yeah. I did find when I had... Uh, Ricky Gervais on my uh, podcast oh, recently. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is very, I'm sorry, terrible. It's a good, it's a good one. Though, yeah. But I have to because he, this is relevant to the dog voice that he was saying to the dog we had who plays his dog in Afterlife. Oh, with that, his actual dog? No, it's not his real oh. life dog, but they hired a dog right, okay. called Auntie. Right. 
And he was saying to Auntie, as we were recording it, he was going, good girl, good girl. And he said, do you think people are listening to this thinking I'm like a 70s patronising man <laughs> saying to you, good girl, after every question? <laughs> well, you see, I want to play, oh, this is a good game. My friends and I now play, my, my dog owner friends and I play, it's, if your dog had a voice, what would its voice be? Oh, but see, that's the thing. Evie used to do Bella's voice and then she grew out of it. And oh. it was brilliant. She played it like a really sassy, gruff bitch. <laughs> Like, yeah, she was like, she used to give me sass constantly. In Bella voice. And yeah, and she was very funny with the things like, you know, I'd say, oh, look at, look at Bella. And then Bella's voice would pop up. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see my face. Like, yeah. And it was brilliant. See, my friends all think that Bingley would sound like Danny Dyer. Yeah. Oh, really? Like, Which I like quite the, love. The All right, Treacle. Cool. Yes, yeah. I like that. Well, my well, Ray would be like Cookie Monster, I think. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I think that that's that's where Evie was slightly coming yes. from. But then Evie used to do this thing. She was about eight or nine years old, and she used to like you know Bella would say something like Ah, get out of my way, and and Be- and Evie would answer back Yeah, all right, Bella, just chill out. But yeah, Evie is a future as a ventriloquist, but the scientist. <laughs> She's actually, the new Ken Dodd. Ross doesn't know this because she refused to do it. Ross doesn't know I recently paid her 50 quid to give me 10 minutes of the Bella voice because <laughs> I missed it so much she was like are you really going to do that and I was like yeah I she's onto something now did you pay her? yeah I did yeah Good honor, she knows her work yeah. child labour yeah. takes many forms yeah. yeah exactly I was so desperate to travel back in time and hear the Bella voice oh. so I, I like the idea that Joe is, is this most hated woman in Britain yeah. <laughs> paying her child <laughs> to do the dog, do the dog voices <laughs> paparazzi shots of you leaving Joe Elvin it's, yesterday yeah. it's got yeah. take a break all over it hasn't it that headline oh it really has I know oh. that's the thing child worried, exploitation in dog voice scam give me that's life mag at least <laughs> I, well I, that's why I worried a little bit much as I you know I was pleased I thought oh no I am going to be am I going to be in magazines with you know it happened to me you know <laughs> <laughs> I lost my family. <laughs> Luckily, that didn't happen. No. no, you have to have a baby in your leggings to get on Take a Break. That's my favourite Take a Break cover line. I had a baby oh. in my leggings <laughs> with CCTV footage from a news agent of a grainy woman wearing leggings and they'd done a big ring around <laughs> that area with a big arrow and the word baby pointing to <laughs> Just that in case area. you weren't sure. I love that. Like, I mean, I, and I, to this day, aspire to have a cover that groundbreakingly amazing yeah you can't but dream joe you can't we need to get that sorted can we do cover (laughs) yeah oh you like that cover (laughs) you look so pretty on the cover so if like me you're totally creeped out by these two weirdos and you're thinking (laughs) uh do get in touch we love hearing from you guys the uh, usual email address to send us your thoughts on exactly what we've been talking about today is is it just me podcast at gmail.com and if you keep listening i promise we'll never do that again. we won't do do it again you might have to pay us 50 quid (laughs) we can do it for charity yeah to not do that god that's a racket that isn't it i charge by the hour (laughs) (laughs) okay next up this week joe elvin and emily dean uh is it just me uh, who still carries cash? Now, I say this because I really don't. 
because uh, but I have a friend who you both know, my good girlfriend Paul McGee, who is your hor- girlfriend Paul McGee, good old friend. Right. Sorry, my uh, terrible okay. diction, my good. I mean, it's either works to be honest. I mean, yeah, he's a yeah. girlfriend, yeah. or he's a good old friend. Yeah, uh, Paul McGee, who is. Well, he's actually, he gets very angry about people that don't carry cash. And you know people that basically pay for like a coffee on their contactless card? Just did it he, in Aragon. Exactly. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't mind that. It's better. When I first got to England, people would pay for cups of coffee or cans of Coke with, with a check. Like suddenly <laughs> get out I mean, a check and start writing it out. And you're like, that's I wish death upon you. Well, that was the real student thing, wasn't it? Because yeah. that was writing, writing out a check. check for chips, for a bag of oh chips, my God, which I did ch- do once. It's just the cheesiest thing ever, writing a check, and you have to write non-negotiable in oh, the middle of it. Do actually, you that? Yeah. You've, you've just yeah. reminded me now, there was a Chinese takeaway that we used to use when I was a student. And when I was away, this, this is how corrupt we clearly were, mm. my flatmates would just use my checkbook. So like we were, I was away probably, on a, I think, on a trip somewhere. And they rang up, and then they gave the details, and they literally, the, the phone came, no, 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 we're not all this order JC Williams he bounces <laughs> checks because they tried to basically pay with so many checks that just wouldn't clear at the Chinese but takeaway. But checks are brilliant, aren't they? Because no. it was so, <laughs> no, but listen, what I mean was it's representative of a society where there was some element of trust that oh, they're, they're yes, going to right. saying, I'm going to give you this money, whereas now. I think the attitude would be, well, how do I know you're going to give me the money? Quite but right. you just don't see a check. When were you last sent a checkbook? I don't even think I no, owe I, one anymore. No, I asked them to stop sending them to me. Did because you? Because they, um, one checkbook that from my credit card, I didn't even know such a thing existed, and someone defrauded me and ordered a bunch of credit card checks, and we're off in Monaco buying jewellery. <laughs> of course. Oh, really? Where else would you be? And, and I was like, <laughs> oh, oh. I had to phone about this bill that came, and I was like... What they said? Well, you requested a, a Barclay card checkbook, and I said I didn't even know those <laughs> things existed. So, yeah. do you know what, Jelvin? I'm jealous of you. Trust you to have a better class of fraud. I know because I had pay less booze <laughs> all night. I mean, Nite who, vodka. Who was out living Joe Elvin's best life in Monaco? In Monaco, because it wasn't me. Oh. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but I don't. I see. I don't. Well, how much cash have you got on you right now? Here's the test. How much well, cash? How, how bad are, how are things for you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give me your money. You're doing all right. Right, aren't you? <laughs> I'm gonna. Uh, how fancy am I? I've got a hundred pounds, which I took out this morning. Oh, you have. Oh my God, hundred Australian dollars, which what? I keep meaning to. Actually, I'm, I'm, now, I'm, I'm now, getting my wallet uh, out. Me too. Yeah. I'm now slightly worried that I'm. Go- oh my God, I'm actually going to make myself look really stupid because I actually do have cash. Okay. On. I tell you um, why as well because I get a lot of black taxis, and no matter how many of them have got the ATM machine all set up, they will moan if you actually pay by card. Yeah. I've got a receipt from the Park Lane Sheraton Hotel. Of I won't course. tell you what I was doing there. <laughs> and Joe, a girl's got to eat. I've got no money. <laughs> you need to. Reimburse me. What for? Didn't I tell you to get a taxi and just give me the receipt? <laughs> Why is she doing this? Yeah, the, oh, I know. Well, you know. But, but actually, this, I don't carry cash just because I, I really believe, I'm sorry, in this day and age, you should, everyone should be able to accept cards of some sort, well, even I, human beings. I was invited ingredient that, you know, the, the salad shop yesterday, they've now yeah. gone totally cashless. They don't even accept yeah. cash. But I just, I just think that I'm actually more in control of having like a conscious awareness of how much money I've got if I'm using cash. I just think it's easy to yeah, throw my card true. at everything and the bank balance just goes down and down and down and down. And I don't know, I just feel like I'm more mindful of what I'm spending if I'm using a bit of cash rather than just throwing the I card. Know, I you're one of those you. sensible grown-up people. Yeah. Whereas I consider- she, she's, a, she's a dog Maybe person. Maybe we're very sensible. <laughs> very grown-up. 
But yeah. no, I do. No, I think that the way around that is you have to just check your bank balance, which it took me into my probably till I turned forty to actually have the balls to actually check my bank balance regularly. I used to just hide from it and like. Oh, you know. I never used to. I remember reading a story about um, Sarah Ferguson in the nineties, and there was some detail in a newspaper article about when she was in big financial trouble. She would put the card in and turn around to her clairvoyant who was standing next to her and say, <laughs> "I can't look. I can't look. Tell me what it is." But you know what? I read that and felt empathy because that's how I was for most of my life. And you couldn't get a good clairvoyant for love nor money. I couldn't get. A, you had to go for the cheap one. Um, but. I've since found, yeah, I, I've, I keep more of a handle on things, but the cash thing, it just feels dirty. Because it is dirty and it, it feels like medieval, like counting out doubloons. sexy plastic money. That no, always that's feels true. really wiped clean to me. But yeah, no, do we but... do not think it's going to go the way of, I don't know, vinyl and VHS? Like I, I am cash. worried that cash yeah. is, is going to totally die out. I'll tell you what it? does need to just go fuck right off is um, all the brown <laughs> coins. <laughs> oh, I hate brown coins. Yeah, they got rid of those in Australia they years smell. ago. And, yeah. and, and some some people don't like it because they round up and so instead of things are still 9.99 but if you go into a shop in australia that means it's ten dollars and if it's 9.93 that or, or yeah 9.92 that means it's nine dollars 90 do you know what i mean so right. they're just okay. rounding oh, up I or see. down so but nobody's got any brownies okay here's my uh, <laughs> yeah. question to you <laughs> we're a terrible no world to live thing. in <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh worst coin best coin Oh, oh, best coin, 50p? I, oh, I hate a 5p. Oh, uh, yeah. Tiny, irritating. Yeah, they're getting smaller as well, aren't they? They used to be a bit more substantial. Not what they used to be. I think I like the 20p because there's no other coin like it. It's got a nice shape. <laughs> Although the, the 50p now is I kind of... I mean, you of... don't get those anywhere else. They're yeah, true. Yeah. But they are yeah. quite a weird thing, actually. It does actually... Yeah, because I, mean, I have probably just loose change that I never use... I mean, do you, oh, are check you, out you, the big spender. <laughs> loose, very small. <laughs> I have a chain. lot of loose change on me. Um, I've got a lot but of money. Every now and again, I like to go to the Coin Star in Sainsbury's. I was going to say, I, I've I never see, been I'm to not, a Coin Star. Yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. that person. person. It's quite thrilling. What happens in the Coin it's Star? Just, you hear it all just like tumbling around in there, <gasps> and it counts it all for you. Is it yeah. like an arcade? Yeah, but then you, you, if you save them all up in a jar. And then See, it's that's kind a of very grown up thing. Humiliation. And then, and, then you, and then you play the fun game of how much do you think it is? I think it's £15.23. <laughs> I think it's £17.02. It's really fun. It's like a version of the yeah. price is right. Yeah. yeah, but you know, the thing is, you're and, in and a all family. And all you get is a receipt that you can spend in the Can yeah. I tell you something different? Yeah. You can go in with your husband and your child. It, I think going in on your own to the yeah. coin star, <laughs> come with it you. feels like things haven't gone right in your life. <laughs> em, phone me. Emily. Will you come with oh, me? Emily, with maybe we can get a social yeah. movement going where yeah. all the single people get together. <laughs> Single coin star people. Oh, because Joe, I'm not going on my own. Yeah. Awesome. Bryony yeah. Gordon and her mental health mates can eat. The, we'll, do, yeah. we'll do a version of it where we we'll, go to the coins. Because I feel we'd be shamed in coin star. <laughs> don't you? I don't know. It's got a bit of a tombola lottery cash feel about it. <laughs> it makes a satisfying noise. <laughs> It's also, like, I don't know, it's I like kind of, it. But also, it's a yeah. great kind of gambling thing where you always win. Yeah. The house always wins. See, Your I'm house always you, wins. there's no downside here. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Coins okay. But, um, All right, well, let's, can we make a date? Can we go sponsoring there? this. Yeah, they should be. <laughs> no, yeah. Maybe they are. I mean, I've yeah. never heard the words Coinstar said so much in such <laughs> yeah. a short space of time. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so it's not just me, but I, I do feel a bit sad for as much as I can't be bothered to withdraw money. Yes. I'll be honest, this is going to sound... If you see me, don't mug me. No. Well, there's no point. I've got nothing on me. No, I've got the cash. No, the reason I carry cash is because I'm sorry, black taxi drivers, but they're all still so grumpy about paying with oh, cards. So, and the number of times this week alone, I've mm. tried to pay by card, and then you end up—it's so laborious and fraught with 
malfunctions that I end up eye rolling and getting out some cash anyway. Also, when you're in the cab, paying a cab with uh, a card, you have the awful would you like to enter a gratuity moment? Oh, yeah. Where I always feel true. I have to. That's a very Don't tense. You? Well, it depends how far I've gone in the car. Because I, I do think that's a bit, you know... We, I don't know. Well, gratuity is a whole separate subject. It's past ag, isn't it? Like, thank you for your patience. Yeah. Which well, it, I didn't have. It's like the tipping of the hairdresser. I always put it in the secret envelope. Yeah. <laughs> don't you? Yeah. I always feel it's weird when you're stood at a bar and the person behind the bar has basically handed you the, the, the PDQ machine and then they sort of say, do you want to add gratuity? Well, I've kind of done, well, half, what? What I've done do? half the work for you. I've been stood here waiting. Yeah. <laughs> well, for pouring a bottle at an angle. <laughs> well, yeah. But, you know, I can understand if it was table service. Fair enough. But I've been stood at a bar queuing. It's not like I've had like no, some well, sort of, No, I agree you know, with you. I'm cheap as well. Track. And I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're cheap or <laughs> do get in touch. We'd see love you in the coin store. Yeah. yeah see you. If you're single, get in touch. <laughs> for, you, it's a date. The coin yeah. star no, date. Imagine that is the worst day ever. Where did you two meet? At the, the coin star. star. <laughs> I think that would be awesome. That person's a keeper. I'm telling you, they're, that's, they're that's wily other... and good with cash, Emily. We need men. Can't we that's just a whole other book because nobody else has ever met their love at the coin star. <laughs> no. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think James and I to. should have a marriage of convenience. <laughs> yes. I never go to a coin star. No. There you go. <laughs> Done. I I do. <laughs> <laughs> Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. Plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Emily Dean, James Williams. I think about this a lot. Is it just me who suspects I might actually be the worst person alive? No, we all suspect that you are the worst person alive. (laughs) That was a good one. That was an easy I'm one. I'm glad to- you got there first. <laughs> okay. One of us had to say. Thanks very much. I'm, just fly- I'm glad she's finally come round to the realisation. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Though? So why do you feel this? I don't know. I just have real moments of self-loathing where I, I catch myself wanting to, like, say, shove somebody walking too slowly out of the way in front of me. <laughs> or, you know, or I've forgotten to make a big fuss about someone's birthday or I, or even or worse, I think, now I know it's that so-and-so's birthday and I still don't get round to actually mailing the card or... Yeah. yeah. And it's moments like that I feel like, 
you're just an asshole. <laughs> I, I, ca- I catch myself <laughs> getting cross about stupid things with like and having petty impatiences and thinking, do you know what? It's not it's not them who's the problem here. It's you. It's yes. amazing. And Ross quotes it to me a lot. It's true. There was this basically this Louis C.K. riff years ago, and I might have mentioned it before. It was something along the lines of, if you meet one asshole in the day, you've met an asshole. If you're constantly meeting assholes, you're the asshole. Oh wow! And really? I, I'm the I'm, asshole. I'm an asshole. I then. think I'm guilty am. as yeah. charged. Well, what yeah. if just three? The last three are. <laughs> Should we just never leave this room? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and everyone else is okay. <laughs> I think I have moments of being nice. Oh, of course you many. do. Yeah. No, I, Pockets I, of nice. Yeah, and, and, and so what did Richard E. Grant accuse me of harpooning for a compliment? I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I just no. You just wallow in your own sort of like when, self-loathing sometimes. When you WhatsApp me that, it was so funny. Literally about thirty seconds before that, I had a terrible fleeting thought. Immediately followed by you are the worst person alive, <laughs> and then you sent it to me, and I was like, oh, because I yeah, it's no I, coincidence we found each other. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's, I have the exact yeah. same thing, mainly, <laughs> and especially on those like I go back to those booze blues days, those Sunday yes. mornings. You wake up, come well, you come to rather than yeah. wake up, and you just think I'm the worst and person you think, alive. Why did I say that? Why did I say that to that person? Yeah. Why did and I joke about that? Why did I make light of something that's very you, you know what I mean? I think that's the thing. I think I often worry that I say a lot of things in jest, and yeah. I forget that some people. People don't know me very well and just think I'm an asshole. They don't yeah, realize I'm just yeah. being. Well, I think I'm trying to be funny, when in fact they might just go, "Who is that really insensitive prick?" Well, it's that thing when you find yourself saying, "It was only a joke all oh. the time," <laughs> and you think if you're having to say that 15 <laughs> times a day, yeah. maybe your humour's the problem. Yeah, true. You know, there are those people who go, "I was joking." Yeah. So yeah, but you say that That's every not your hour, get, and it's not your get out of jail free card, is it? Just yeah. by saying, "Oh." So bit, maybe you're not funny. It's a bit of the people say, I'm only being honest. I it's know. like, no, you're being well, rude. I actually, I've never said that. No. <laughs> and I do think that I'm better than people yeah. who say that. Yeah. Yeah. You could be the worst person yeah. alive, but still not as bad as those people. I just think it's just astonishing that people are really proud to say something really hurtful and say, well, I just I just call it like I see it. Yeah, oh, yeah that's people. I mean, the yeah. thing, and they always start it with... I'm not being mean, but... Yeah. No, I'll tell you what they say. The thing about me... <laughs> They always start, the, the thing about me, I don't is. want to know the thing about you. The thing about me is I tell it like it is. I, I really do. I've got no time a bit. And then I'm just like, well, yeah, well, then why would I want to hang and out That's with like, you? I like people who say, now, can I say something about you being offended? <laughs> it's never a good opener. <laughs> Nothing good is going to come from that mouth once that word, yeah. those words have come out. So, or whenever yeah. someone says, lighten up. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I don't like that one. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, is it Hannah Gadsby who has that thing when people say don't take offence or lighten up or, you know, she has this thing about, um, you know, a nose being offended by a fart or whatever. It's like that thing of like, actually, no, you've got to make that judgment. If you say something, you've got to take some responsibility. Yes. But I have a thing as well. I don't know if you two have this. I have, I always imagine what is the first thing people say about me when I close the door? Oh so if God. I'm in a room and we're all together, let's say I leave today, and that's in relation to being the worst person alive, this is what I think. I think I will walk out of here today. I'm not harpooning for a compliment. This is honestly what I think. I will shut the door. What do you think people say when you leave the room? I think people say, oh, Jesus, that was full on. She doesn't <gasps> shut up. <laughs> really? But actually, Emily, the, the, you say something. Actually, in your, that is what we're going to say. Well, no, you say, yeah, actually, yeah. God, you just read my mind. Uh, no, 
you just reminded me there's a there's a bit in your book actually where you talk about the the role that was kind of cast or you were cast as as a child growing up that you were the performer what, 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 my mum i found a letter my mum wrote to my right. grandmother and that's the other thing i was going to say if you you know be careful when you go through your parents things if when you lose them because thing, you might discover things you weren't meant to and some of there's a letter my mother wrote to my grandmother saying and i must have been about three saying emily is a dreadful show off yeah <gasps> i know wow yeah. she nailed me but the thing is and I, I, of course when i was thinking about that i was like well at least call me a competent show off not a dreadful, <laughs> dreadful one. i'm a good show off. Yeah. yeah i would imagine that but means, yeah that's yeah. interesting though when you yeah. think about that that stayed with me i mean i joke uh, about that but in my head how old were you when like, you saw that that was recently joe that was right, only a few right. years ago when i was getting and actually i think that's so fascinating. No, but Somewhere that stayed in me to be feel slight shame yeah. if I'm too noisy and too. But I loud. think actually, surreptitiously, or maybe you just maybe didn't realize. I think you were cast as that because I because I was the same as a child. You? you know, you were kind of oh, you know, you were always too chatty. You're always drawing for attention, or you know, you were always antagonizing your dad to tell you off and all that. And you were cast from the age of like three or four yeah. as almost there was this kind of slash, I hate to say, my, I love my family, but you know, you, you, you're just cast as this person that you don't realise. You then take that with you as yes. an adult. Oh, and so what? I kind of believe the same thing as you do. Like when I just assume people off. go, dreadful show is far too much, hard work, like, you know, full of himself or whatever. You know, you just think know, all I, those things. Were you dreadful show? Well, no, but listening to this, I think maybe I am the worst person alive <laughs> because at least you two have got the shame to wonder that. I've never thought, wonder what people say about me. The, 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 <laughs> do you I, not? I, thinking about this now, I kind of feel like, no, that it, it's like TV and it's turned on and off. And if I'm not in the room, then it's not happening. <laughs> so it doesn't really well, tree occur to me. Well, too, it doesn't occur to me that significant activity is happening that I haven't seen. But it's also... But that's called a healthy self-image. But, but, but there's a part of me really? that just Yeah, I think you're like, healthier because I think what we are... How I, dare I, you drag I, me down with you so, to the coin star. Yeah, uh, hey, I need some help over here. <laughs> it's lonely over here. But I, no, I, I think I, that I is think, true. But I think my low self-esteem would be rooted more in I'm not worthy of being discussed. Mm. Like nobody yeah. would ever think to have a conversation about but me. I also think as well, well I, mean? yeah. I also think it's the one thing that someone told me that really stu stuck with me because I'm that person that I go back I re I reanalyze or I, I, I dredge things up and I sort of just try to imagine all the different outcomes or what people may have thought or reacted to things I've done and said and somebody just once said to me James if only people actually devoted as much time and attention to you as they as you think they do and then <laughs> and I was like, how dare you <laughs> yeah, exactly but they really don't and I that, do that's I mean I genuinely think more about me than yeah. either of you people two. have got far <laughs> Yeah. What's going on in their own world to imagine what you know, but also I think this goes back to I think the fact that we have all sat here and thought you know we are individually the worst people alive. I think I might have proved it in this whole conversation. <laughs> no, but, but, but you, it does. You have the. I was just going to say, I'm sorry. I call it the forensic room, right? Which I've I've stolen that. And as he's a comic, I'm, this isn't name dropping. This is giving credit where it's due because comics are always are very strict about that. And that is Frank Skinner. His his observation. Well, he's your co-host on Virgin. He which is we on um, Absolute. Absolute. Oh, fucking hell, I've done that. You are the worst person alive, yeah. Joel. <laughs> I'm going to leave the room. I can't believe she did that. I'm so sorry. But no, on it's Absolute, I think you're a virgin. That's why. You're the only person that does. Yeah. But he has a thing which he calls he call, he says it after a breakup actually when you're talking loads you know when you go through that thing and then I said and anyway on the Thursday I called him and then I got this text what do you think and you don't realize you've become a bit manic he calls that he, he just says to you right you're in the forensic room 
you're going to be here for a while and I'll be here with you. That's okay because I'm your friend. He said, and then we'll, you're, you're behaving like the ancient mariner with a constant need to tell your tale. <laughs> he said, but we're going to have to leave the forensic room at some point. He does it very nicely. And I'm like, yeah, we are. It's like he, a therapist. He is. Yeah. And then I'll turn yeah. around to you and go, you'll be talking and I'll go, we're not in the forensic room. And you're, yeah, okay. It's time to leave. And I think that's, that's a very good friend. Yeah. It is a good friend because yeah. it's similar to what you're saying. Yeah. That you can spend an hour in the forensic room the next morning thinking, what did I say? Why did I do that? But you've got to leave it. Yeah, yeah. that's actually quite so My friends have this thing called the apology hour. And they, it's particularly useful on group holidays because that does tend to bring up the worst behaviour in most people, group holidays. Whether yeah. it's quibbling over the bill, getting too drunk and emotional, crying, you know. Uh, and so the next morning, everyone has an hour to get it all out, to apologise for anything they've done. But then it's forgotten and parked and everyone moves on and enjoys the rest of the holiday. And then the really next day, they, they do it all <laughs> <laughs> apology yeah. hour you know works. what I think would happen yeah. uh, post apology hour <laughs> I'd do this Joe I'd go well James I'm so glad we've talked about that by Joe what an Absolute yeah. awesome. I'm right there with you in that forensic room. <laughs> yeah. In James's forensic room. Yeah. And then I'd go for a drink with Joe and slag you off for the next hour. Well, because you are the worst person alive now. <laughs> We're passing the baton on. That's why I love him. Yeah. I know. But I was going to say, also, yeah. uh, uh, trying to end on a positive note, I was going to say as well, I think, you know, I remember seeing a therapist and the therapist once said to me, and I had this whole thing, this whole, again, obsessive about myself, talking about things I've done and people's perceptions, blah, blah, blah. And I just said, and I, and I saw him sort of looking at me and even the therapist had that sort of mask slip and he kind of looked at me like, you are basically, and I said, oh my God, I'm such a fuck up, aren't I? Mm. And he went, James, you've got to stop thinking like that. He said, because what you're doing is you're playing to the idea that there is such a thing as not to fuck up. Everyone in this life is fucked up. Ergo, there's no such thing as no one that's not fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No, so it's true. I bet you everyone in this world at some point or the other is convinced they're the worst person alive. Well, that was the thing I learned when I did this thing, the Hoffman process. I bet I Donald Trump's never thought that. No, oh, yeah, which but, is what, but that's yeah. sociopaths and psychopaths. Yeah. I think they don't think that because there's no self-awareness, is there? But I think I learned this thing, which I find very powerful, which is everyone is guilty, no one is to blame. And I think as long as you accept that, yeah, it's about your friends, your family, your partner and yourself, then yeah. I think it's kind of hard to stay too mad at anyone for too long. Exactly. No, I, I agree. It takes a lot of a lot of time and energy to stay mad at people. Exactly. Yeah, let it go. Except people that don't tolerate dog voices. Oh, yeah. Stay or angry at them. Or this people is, that don't like dogs. <laughs> equal parts enlightening and embarrassing today. It's been amazing. I'm, I'm yeah. going to sign off in my dog voice. Oh, my God. Bye-bye. <laughs> Good bye-bye. I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss you, Emmy <laughs> Wemmy. This has all gone very CBB to my liking. <laughs> Emily Dean, thank you so much for joining us, uh, joining us on Is It Just Me and your dog voice and the other voices in your head. <laughs> I've loved it. I know. It's been lovely to see you. Um, do check out Emily's book. It is brilliant, brilliant read. Uh, it's available on Amazon and all good bookshops right now. And it's bad ones. Everyone died. I got a dog. Uh, thanks, Emily. So lovely to see you. Uh, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you. Yes. See, see you, you next Bye. time. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.